Hi, um, welcome to Neil Bat. And uh, Neil and I have um, known one another since about 2007 when I was a head teacher in Stockholm. Don't ask me about that, that was a strange thing to do. <laughs> and uh, Neil's mum was um, my school coordinator at the time as well. So, um, so both Neil and his brother were, were at the school as well. So welcome, Neil. We keep meeting one another in strange places. So, yeah. um, you know, we were working together, um, obviously, in Stockholm. And then I met you in New York, which was yeah. quite bizarre. You sold me lots of expensive clothes, if you remember. <laughs> I remember. I've, still, I've still hidden the receipts from my wife. And, um, and so, so, yeah, and now, and now you're back. So tell me, tell me a bit about what you're doing now and uh, what, your, what your plans are. Well, now I, um, I'm uh, an artist. I'm uh, about to begin my studies at the Royal Institute of Art in Stockholm, Kungliga for the next five years. So uh, I just uh, received the, the news that I've been accepted. Okay, that's really exciting. That's been a long journey for you, really, hasn't it? Yes. So, so um, what will that involve at the, at the uh, Royal Institute? It's a lot of individual work. Um, we have meetings with teachers a couple times per term, and the rest of it is working in the studio. Um, but it's one of the most prestigious art educations in, in Sweden. So okay. it's, uh, it feels like an honor to, to be so accepted. Mum must be so proud. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long, long journey. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was questioning it for a, a few times. She questioned it, but she okay. was always supportive. So that's a bit of your artwork behind you, is it? We can see. Uh, yes. Okay. So what's your style then, Neil? What's, is there a style? Is there some sort of, how would you describe your art? Uh, I'm, I'd say I'm an, I'm an interdisciplinary uh, artist, which means I work in many different mediums. I work in printmaking. I'm a painter, sculpture, performance, um, quite a few different things. So. Okay. So, and how do you keep body and soul together? Is that your main job at the moment? Or are you sort of supporting yourself in other ways? Well, I'd say uh, it's 50% of my main job. And then the other 50%, uh, I, I like to get out of the studio and meet people. So I, I bartend, uh, which is a lot of fun. And okay. it's to just do something that's physical and you don't have to think about it so much. Okay. So has it taken, would you say it's taken a lot of grit and resilience to be able to keep going on your dream to get to this point? Have there been times when you thought, oh dear, not sure this is going to happen? Well, um, I've, I've looked so much into other people's success stories and what everyone says is that you just don't give up and you just keep doing it. Uh, this has been, this is actually my seventh time applying for the Royal Institute of Art. Wow. Um, so it, I've been applying regularly since I was around 20 years old. So. Okay. Okay. So chart the story for me. So chart the story from when, um, yeah, you were, let's say you were always one of my interesting students in South Chivarden. Yeah. We, we always knew when Neil was about. Yeah. Um, so start the journey for me from there up to where you've got to now and the decisions you took and New York and then back again. So just tell us a bit of your story. Well, it's it's been a really sort of winding journey. I, you know, when I was studying with you, I was I was very um, loud, hyperactive. Uh, I missed a lot of class. Uh, I would fall asleep in class. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes, it was reported to me regularly. Yeah, I got I got a, a lot of trouble, uh, and that sort of continued uh, through high school. So, um, when I graduated high school, I graduated with mediocre grades. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, 
my dad suggested I do a prep course for engineering school. So I did half of that. Uh, and then I decided this is not for me. I'm dropping out. Uh, and he said, well, then you can, you know, figure it out on your own, you know, but I, I'm not going to be supporting it. You do whatever you need to do. And uh, I picked up a job as a dishwasher okay. uh, and I worked that for a while and I still got a lot of pressure from home to get a degree. So I, um, I ended up studying in Uppsala at behavioral sciences. Uh, and while I was studying there, I, I turned half of my student flat into a painting studio. So for those three years, I was sort of not really focusing on my studies, still getting mediocre grades and still just painting as much as I could. Because um, I really, uh, early on when I started painting, seriously uh, painting, I got a lot of support in terms that I, that I sold a few paintings and I was like, oh, this, I, I can do this. I, if I can sell these early paintings, I know that I can make better stuff later on and sell some more. So, and um, when I graduated, I don't know if you know about behavioral sciences, but it's not a very lucrative field. It's hard to get work. It's very broad. Um, so I applied for everything and I got nothing. And that's when I started bartending because that's what I could, what I could do. Yeah. Um, and that sort of, took me on a journey to New York to uh, work there for a bit. Uh, and I fell into fashion, which is when you came by and bought all those expensive clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was working for those, those Italian guys. Um, and then I moved back to Stockholm for a girl and just kept on painting and kept on making and, um, um, I, I did a, when Corona hit, I needed, I felt like I needed to study something and I wasn't getting into the, the, the course that I wanted to. So I did a, a prep, a painting, uh, an art making prep course out on leading up. Um, and I was accepted as 14th in reserve. So, uh, and all like, when I got to school, all of my classmates are 18 and I'm 27, like, Oh, hi guys. <laughs> Um, but after that year, you know, there's something that just clicked for me. And uh, that's when I sent in my application that was accepted. Well, I've noticed how um, the volume of your artwork that I see on Instagram has, has mushroomed, has grown. You seem to be doing lots now, lots of work. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely getting better at documenting and sharing my work. Okay. Because uh, before, I, I, like, I've always had that massive production you know, being able to make 25 paintings in a month for a show, yeah. but I've never really taken good quality pictures of it that I wanted to yeah. share on social media. Yeah. So the decision to go to New York was quite a bold thing to do, wasn't it? Well, I figured uh, that I, uh, I had no apartment, I had no girlfriend, um, and I was uh, at a working at a restaurant that was going to close within a few months time. So I was like, well, no job, no girlfriend, no apartment, new city, let's try it out. Okay. And uh, okay. I was fascinated by New York and I knew some people there and I was like, well, why not? I sometimes uh, so, so talk to former students about um, their sort of struggles. Um, and and we, we, I don't think we ever put a label on you in terms of hyperactive, but you definitely were hyperactive and you did have attention deficit, you know, so, you know, unless we motivated you, that was, so we could have put a label on you if we needed to. I, um, I still have those symptoms. Like well, I in, to, well, no, I, I was going to say sometimes we shouldn't see these as being a disadvantage. 
because actually that hyperactivity and that energy, when you're able to focus it on, on the thing that you love and motivated can be really, really successful. Yes. No, I, I agree fully. I like this past year at this uh, art prep school, I noticed that I, I, I love making, you know, drawings and artwork. And when I was focusing for three or four hours, I'd, it's like all the energy in my body would just be drained. And I'd, I'd, feel very, very tired. And the solution that my teachers came up with, because I said that I would get really, really tired is that they they gave me a beanie bag that I would carry around from class to class. <laughs> and when I got tired, I would lie down in it and take a little rest for 10 minutes and then I'd be up again. Yeah. Um, so that was their solution. And I, I thought that was <laughs> pretty effective. Yeah, so I, I know a guy who, when I was ahead here in uh, Bolton, um, he was constantly at my door, always in trouble, because he was not only hyperactive, he would tell his teachers what he thought of them. So I generally had to, and actually he was probably pretty accurate sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, so we sort of built up a relationship through, through his time in school. But one of the things that he suddenly got into, we had a school radio. He became in charge of the school radio, became totally focused on that. And it gave him, he put all his energy into that. And now he's one of the main... Um, uh, commentators on talk talk radio here in 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 the uk and uh, deeply into his politics and his passion for what he is right you know mm -hmm. so and he's always said to me you know once i've actually got my motivation in the right direction my my hyperactivity and my energy has really been a blessing rather than actually being a, an impediment so no, i agree fully like i i, I think it's exactly what it is okay Okay, so this is your big moment now then. So you have all of these educators who are sitting in front of the screen while, while we're playing this at the moment. And the question I'll ask you is sort of looking forward. Now, some, some of what we're doing today is thinking, you know, we've had this dreadful 18 months and we have to get back. But actually we have to get better because it wasn't great necessarily at the beginning of this. You know, there are things that needed to be better going into the future. So what we're trying to do is to capture um, views from people like yourself and also younger students about what is the future that we actually want. Mm -hmm. So in terms of messages, really, from all of that experience going back, what would you say to them has been really important to you going forward that you want them to hang on to? Mm. Um, I think uh, from, from my school times, uh, I remember things that were said to me, both positive and supportive and negative. Um, I've had an, an English teacher who said that my uh, writing was uh, nonsensical, barely, uh, you know, considered to be prose. It was, it was, it was t absolutely terrible. And I carried that with me. And a year later, another teacher said, you know, that I had talent and that I could actually develop something. And I carried that with me too. And um, thankfully I listened more to the, the, the support than to the negativity. Um, but um, but I think that's that's something that's that's important is that your words matter, um, especially to young people. They they hear more than you think. Okay, and um, I think um, the second teacher there is probably not necessarily someone who she, she was it a she or a he? A she. She. Hmm. But presumably she challenged you. You know, she it wasn't did. It wasn't wasn't that it was just all oh you're wonderful Neil. You know, she probably challenged you through that, but you're saying that she did it in a positive feedback sense. She did it in a positive. She saw something in me, and she knew that. And she she would say that if I if I didn't if I missed an assignment or if I missed class, she'd say, you know, 
you uh, have talent, you're doing something, you, you can do this. You, you just need to show up, yeah. you know? Yeah, some people, uh, so Ken Robinson, who sadly died last year, was a great uh, proponent of creativity in schools. Mm -hmm. And he was, he says that create, uh, schools often kill creativity. And I'm yeah. just wondering, reflecting on what you said in the first bit there, really, a teacher who had a view about what prose or English writing should be about. Hmm. And, and you're a very creative guy and probably quite bizarre in some of the things you might think and, and write about. So, I mean, is, is there any resonance with that, that the first teacher was killing your creativity or? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I think that she, she had a very, because she was a writer as well, and she had a very clear cut idea of what it should look like. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that it's, it's important to remember that, you know, there's always something nice to say. There's always something okay. good in somebody's work and that's with, with anything. Yeah, and I think, it, I think probably when thinking on the creativity side, important to understand the thinking that you're putting into this piece of work. Where is this coming from and why are you expressing it in that way? Um, to get the diversity, I think. And the second thing? Uh, the second thing I think uh, is um, um, You're talking about that, that, that yeah. everyone, <laughs> everyone has a different uh, drive or a different source of inspiration and everybody learns quite differently. Um, and I think that if you're able to tap into what they're interested in, then they're going to go above and beyond. And the only way to do that is to, is to really engage with the students and really listen to them. And uh, it might be, you know, radio commentating or, or art or music or, or whatever. But if, if you find out what really makes a student go, then you can, you can engage with that in a way that, yeah. that, that so one thing, one of the things that uh, we've both experienced in uh, our work is about the importance of coaching and personal tutoring and building a, an authentic relationship with someone who always believes in you. Yes. And I'm not sure what your coaching uh, experience was when you're in South Shabarton, but I, one of the things I always say to people is this coaching is really, really important, but you have to do it well. If it isn't done well and you don't build what you've described in terms of a positive supportive relationship then it's probably better you don't bother so what was your coaching uh, experience like uh specifically at South Shabarton or, yes, or in yes well any, anywhere but South Shabarton particularly no I think I think that um again this teacher in high school she was just fantastic you know she um said the first class she's like if anyone's doing any writing I'd love to read it and she read this poem and she said that, oh, you know, it's, it's really good. You can develop this, uh, keep doing it, keep writing. Um, and she was very accommodating, you know, like I, we had to do give an oral presentation of um, the great Gatsby. And I was really like, I wanted to do it my way. So I said, can I dress up in an outfit and perform this as, as if I were Gatsby speaking to the police? <laughs> I can see that. And she, was, she said, all right, we're doing that. <laughs> and it really, it was really fun. Um, and uh, it, it really, it, it, it helped that she was al allowed me space to explore and try things out. Okay. I think you were saying earlier to me, you know, the opportunity of schools to do talent shows and different ways of presenting things you always loved and enjoyed. And that was yes. uh, bringing that into your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. Great, uh, audience you. early on so 
Great. Thank you very much, Neil. And um, I will stop the recording now. Cheers.